0: Alright, well welcome back to the Cinematic Mick Podcast, I'm your host Mick, and on this episode I wanted to talk about the movie The Wrestler. Now there's a lot of people out there who have mixed feelings about the topic of professional wrestling. Some people love it, some people hate it, for some it's a guilty pleasure, while others they wear it proudly like a cheap suit. I'm one of the ones that used to wear it proudly like a cheap suit. For me, personally, I watch it for the sake of two of my kids that are big, big fans. Although, I will admit, I was once a big fan myself. That's right, I was not always the super cool guy you hear on this podcast today. No, no. In fact, I was a pretty big dork in high school. I may still be to this day, I'm not sure, I'll have to get back to you on that one. But I was also a big wrestling nerd. Man, I did a research paper on a wrestling match, I did a project for the same class involving wrestling and I even wore wrestling t-shirts. Yep I had both black and white and black and red NWO shirts. I had this Stone Cold Steve Austin rattlesnake skull t-shirt which actually would have been kind of cool had it not had the words don't trust anybody written in big letters on the back. And finally I had a Bret Hart t-shirt that had his image that ran down the entire left side of the shirt also had the name Brett Hitman Hart in pink letters all over the shirts front and back. Now, no disrespect, no disrespect to Bret Hart, but that shirt was by far the ugliest thing you've ever seen in your entire life. Now, with all that being said, there have been many movies about professional wrestling. There was No Holds Barred, which my brother and I saw in the theaters back in the day. There was one called Body Slam, which I probably got to see about two minutes of. That was one of those ones where they showed that late night, don't—they late on a Saturday night, on I want to say it was like on the Fox channel or something like that. Yeah, I don't think I got past the opening credits on that one. And for a last example, Nacho Libre, which looked so absolutely stupid that I have never seen it. Now, the difference between all of those and The Wrestler is that The Wrestler is actually good. The Wrestler stars Mickey Rourke as Randy the Ram Robinson, Marissa Tomei as Pam or Cassidy, Cassidy being her stage name. We'll explain all that in a little bit. And finally, Evan Rachel Wood as Randy the Ram Robinson's estranged daughter, Stephanie. It was released on January 30th, 2009. It was written by Robert Siegel, directed by Darren Aronofsky, it had a budget of about $6 million and only raked in about a little under two hundred and three grand on its opening weekend, but overall brought in about $26.2 million on overall domestic gross, so they more than made their budget back. Mickey Rourke got an Oscar nomination for Best Performance by an Actor in a Leading Role, and Marissa Tomei got the Oscar nomination for Best Performance by an Actress in a Supporting Role. Now, with that being said, The Wrestler. You know, this movie is basically about a wrestler by the name of Randy the Ram Robinson, who, in my opinion, is a character inspired by a blend of two famous former wrestlers by the names of Superstar Billy Graham and Hulk Hogan. Now, I came to that conclusion from the Bleach Blonde Hair the unnatural orange tan, and the bright lime green tights. Now, there may be some other sources of inspiration for this character, but those were the top two that came to mind. Anyway, the film starts with many wrestling posters during the opening credits, showing that Randy the Ram was quite possibly the biggest wrestling star in the business at one point in time. The opening credits finish with a still shot of a poster showing what I assume to be one of, if not his most iconic match, his match with his rival, the Ayatollah. The film then shows how Randy has gone from wrestling in arenas in front of thousands of people to wrestling in suburban community centers and recreational halls. Now, unfortunately, I'd have to say this is pretty common with wrestlers in real life, after their careers have come to an end with major organizations and they continue to wrestle with independent circuits. In a nutshell, Randy's life is its not good. He wrestles on the weekends, works part time unloading trucks at a grocery store, and lives in a pretty shitty looking trailer, which he actually finds that he's locked out of due to being behind on rent. So he is forced to spend the night in his van. At most, Randy has maybe two people in his life. An exotic dancer named Cassidy, played by Marissa Tomei, who by the way looks and is amazing in this film. And of course his estranged daughter Stephanie, played by Evan Rachel Wood. Now, I want to go ahead and say, in my opinion, Evan Rachel Wood's performance, she did not get the credit that was due. Um, I felt that her performance was very underrated. I thought she was incredible. Of course, I'm a pretty big Evan Rachel Wood fan. I do like her a lot. So, for Randy, it is business as usual until he suffers a near-fatal heart attack after a hardcore match. He's told by his doctor that his heart can no longer handle the strenuous activity that comes with his profession. Randy is forced to retire, and he's got to figure out what he's going to do now that he can no longer wrestle. Now, this has come at a horrible time, because he has to back out of a rematch with the Ayatollah that was 20 years in the making. Randy, of course, accepts retirement, decides to move on in life, takes a full-time job at the deli counter or the grocery store he works at, He starts to become closer to Cassidy and even begins to reunite with his daughter. After a brief struggle with being an average Joe, things actually start to go well for Randy. Uh, That is, until they don't. Cassidy won't pursue a relationship with Randy because she's just basically putting up walls and telling herself that Randy only wants to be with her because he sees her as, quote unquote, some stripper, which from Randy's perspective could not be further from the truth. His reunion with his daughter goes sour after he is two hours late for a dinner with her. And this just ends up being the last straw and causes her to cut him out of her life permanently, despite him begging for forgiveness. After all this, Randy decides to go back to the one thing that he can do right. And that is pro wrestling. Randy at his last match gives an incredible monologue before his well, long awaited rematch with the Ayatollah. Randy starts having chest pains during the match, though, and the film ends with a close-up of Randy getting ready to deliver his finisher, the Ram Jam, which is basically a it's a diving headbutt off of the top rope. The ending credits are shown with the song The Wrestler by Bruce Springsteen playing in the background. And if you don't mind, I want to go ahead and try something a little bit different on this podcast, and I actually want to sing a few bars for you from that song. Now I'm only kidding. I wouldn't do that to you, trust me. So, that is pretty much the synopsis of the wrestler. Now, I'm going to go ahead and talk about some of my favorite scenes. Uh, I picked five, as pretty much as the usual. The first scene I wanted to talk about is in the dressing room before the first wrestling event. Uh, Basically, the wrestlers are discussing how their matches are going to go, they're taping up, getting ready, talking over with their opponents how the cadence of the match is going to go. They're all using all these industry terms and wrestling jargon, if you will, like bring the heat, work the leg, draw a color, etc. So it's a pretty decent scene. Kind of gives you an insight. If you didn't already know as to what it was like when these guys, uh, plan out their matches, basically the next scene up would be the hardcore match. Now, basically the part where he's talking to his opponent And his opponent asks him if he's okay with using a staple gun in the match. And you can pretty much picture the logistics of that. There is that and the clips from the hardcore match itself. Stuff with ladders, barbed wire, his opponent spraying bug spray on his tongue, and the ram getting his chest stapled. So it's a pretty decent scene and is definitely hardcore. Next scene after that as a scene where Randy is buying a shit ton of PEDs from a bodybuilder. He is buying so much that I cannot even hope to remember everything that he bought. But one thing is for certain, if he plans on putting all that shit into his body, that's just disturbing in its own right. Now, the funny thing is, is that in that scene right there, the bodybuilder that was selling on the roids in that scene, he in real life actually got popped for possession of steroids and assaulting federal officers. So there's just a little added trivia there. Next scene up I wanted to talk about was uh, Randy's speech at his Ayatollah rematch, where I'm not even going to try and do the whole speech verbatim, but there is one part towards the end of his speech where he says, and I quote, in fact, I believe it is actually the end of his speech. He goes, you know, I forget things. I don't hear as good as I used to. And I ain't as pretty as I used to be, but goddamn, I'm the Ram. And the only ones that are going to tell me that I'm done doing my thing are you people out here. It's actually kind of a cool little motion to the audience there. And of course, you know, they, they eat it up. I mean, they just pretty much go apeshit after that. Next scene I want to talk about, last scene I want to talk about, and is not only my favorite scene out of the whole film, but I would actually list this as one of my top five all-time favorite film scenes and i call it randy's brief uh heel turn heel in professional wrestling is an industry term for one of the bad guys and the baby faces are the good guys so you have your heels and your baby faces i assume that randy the ram was a baby face for pretty much his entire career his heel turn comes where he just he feels like he has nothing left anymore. A heel turn in professional wrestling, I'm sorry, is when you're a babyface and the powers that be decide that they're going to do something different with your character and have you go to being your, you know, go from being a good guy to a bad guy. So you go from being a babyface to a heel. And it also works vice versa too. So, there you go. He intentionally cuts his thumb on the meat slicer. Basically what happens is his um you know he, he's had his fallen out with Cassidy, he's had his fallen out with his daughter, um, and things are just you know things are just going to shit for him right now. That's basically what his life is, is a total shit show. And he's working at the deli counter, and his old lady's busting his balls over some German potato salad. And this guy comes up, wants to order some deli. Okay. And the guy, the the, uh, the customer looks at Randy and just goes, well, I know you from somewheres. It's, it's set in New Jersey. I, su- I suppose I should probably go ahead and put it out there that his, his movie is set in New Jersey. So he's got that kind of East Coast Jersey accent. And he's asking, you know, he's asking if Randy the Ram is this guy or that guy or if he knows this guy over here. And Randy just denies it every single time. Finally, the guy says, He says, wait a minute. He says, aren't you Randy the Ram, the wrestler from the 80s? And this time Randy, you know, pauses when he's slicing the meat and he just goes, and finally he has to lie to him and he has to say, no, that's not me. That's, you know, no, it's not him. And the customer says, he says, man, he says, that's crazy. You look just like him, except older. This is where Randy stops. He looks at the very sharp blade in the cutter and the slicer. He sees that worrying. He looks at his thumb and almost without hesitation, he just jams his thumb right into the blade. Obviously, he cuts himself. Blood's going everywhere. A few customers are starting to freak out. Jaws are on the floor all over the place. His dickhead of a boss comes up and he says, Randy. Randy says, Randy, there are customers. And Randy looks at him and says, you little prick, you going to talk to me the way you do? I fucking quit. And he quits his job in probably the most beautiful fashion. It's like, in my opinion, the best quitting scene ever. Next you see Randy, he's at a payphone. He's telling the wrestling promoter for the show that he wants to do it. He wants back in. He wants back in to, to do the show, have the rematch with the Ayatollah. The promoter tells him that he's got no money to pay him and randy brilliantly responds with hey i don't give a shit man i just want to wrestle and so that it, it really is a great scene don't take my word for it um just yeah you'll have to see it to see what i'm talking about now with favorite scenes being in the rear view it's time for a little trivia or stuff you may know or not know about the movie the first one i came up with or first one i found was that mickey rourke actually bladed himself in the scenes where his character quote-unquote gets color. getting color is a phrase for when a wrestler actually cuts themselves during the match to start bleeding now obviously this is done with a small blade you actually see this in the beginning of the movie where randy's getting ready for his match he's putting the tape around his wrists and on one of his wrists he leaves a little space there he takes a small blade breaks it in half and then puts a little piece of tape over it and i mean we've all seen or a lot of us have seen those shows where the hidden secrets of professional wrestling are you know they're they're told it's like these guys don't actually bleed from a bad headshot what they do is they take a bump which is they basically take a fall And what they, they just smoothly, what they do is they just expose that razor and they just kind of just drag it in a spot across their forehead. Apparently it doesn't hurt, but it does get the results that they want. They do draw or get a lot of color. Next piece of trivia is the song Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses was used as the Rams entrance music for his last match. The song was actually given the green light to be used free of charge by Axl Rose himself due to the film's modest budget. Up until his very last match, Randy the Ram's entrance music was, um, I believe it was uh, Metal Health. Yeah, Metal Health by Quiet Riot. So he kind of changed it up for his last match. Next up, uh, Hulk Hogan himself actually claimed that he was considered for the role of Randy the Ram Robinson. Now, Darren Aronofsky publicly disputed, say, uh, he disputed this, saying that Mickey Rourke was his only choice for the role. Next up, the film um, actually moved the late Rowdy Roddy Piper so much that he actually broke down and cried after reviewing. Now, that may not mean a lot to other people but i felt that one was actually kind of huge never knowing roddy piper personally i don't know i just something tells me it would take a lot for that man to get emotional but then again maybe those who knew him a lot better would say differently i don't know i just thought that was a very interesting tidbit to throw in there and finally for the last one marissa tomei's first scene that she shot was where her character cassidy gives Mickey Rourke's character, Randy the Ram, she gives him a lap dance. That's the first scene that she shot. Now, talk about a trial by fire. But if anyone can pull that off, it would be an extremely classy, and incredibly talented actress like Marissa Tomei. All right, well, and now my least favorite part of this podcast, I come up to a section that I like to call That's a wrap, folks. I certainly hope you enjoyed this episode. I certainly enjoyed making this one as this is a movie that I greatly enjoy. If you want to know if I recommend it or not, yes, I do. I highly recommend it. I don't even think you have to be a fan of professional wrestling to enjoy this film. This is a low-budget film. Um, It was brilliantly done by the director, Darren Aronofsky, and the entire cast. Um, and like I said, that grocery store meltdown scene is one of my top five favorite scenes of all time. As always, you can hear the cinematic Mick podcast on iHeartRadio and Spotify. And as usual, if you have any suggestions or comments for me, please feel free to email them to the cinematic Mick podcast at gmail.com. And finally, before I go, Please join us next time, where I'll be talking about one of the more underrated, but also one of my favorite boxing movies, Digstown. Good night.